Clank, clank. Clank, clank. It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're happy to be here after a long day of working, of dealing with the man. We're here talking to you, drinking beer, and dissing the world's famous rapper, a fellow Caucasian Eminem. Wait, wait, fellow? I'm a fellow. Are are you adding yourself? Uh, You know, I'm a little bit. You know, it's... it's, it's, Like all of us, we all have a percentage, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got as good her. I, I, <laughs> I mean, according to like 21 and me, we're like, I'm like 3% Nordic. So, oh, nice. You know. Oh, shit, man. Vikings, <laughs> I fuck with that show. It's a good ass show. <laughs> so, you never know. <laughs> it's a. But yeah, no, no. Say, hey, guys. Uh, I guess today we we're going to talk the discussion at hands on Monsieur Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Kamikaze, po- possibly the saltiest album of all time. My God, the the salt, the salt, the the sodium involved. Like, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> like, like Eminem and Nicki Minaj have been taking salt baths, and it's glorious. <laughs> and and you know, and and we've been kind of watching the Eminem one. I've been a little sad about the Eminem one. I mean, the Eminem, the Nicki Minaj one. It's because I'm just like, you know, Nicki Minaj. I like she still has some joints. Like, yeah, yeah, should, yeah, You know, you could do better, boo. You could do better, boo. But yeah. Eminem, whoa, he had to double, double, triple. Oh my God. Ooh, the high blood pressure is off the scale. Like I've mm. never seen a multimillionaire <laughs> white man. Ooh. <laughs> Be so angry. You don't even have to season shit. Just fucking put that shit in the fucking in a Bluetooth speaker and, and wave it over your food and automatically sprinkle some salt on this fucking fly out from it. It's just mad for no real reason. And then and then what gets me is so let's let, let's take a step back. So yeah. you know, so Eminem had his comeback album like you know year you know like even a year ago it was, it was like December November. Am I correct? Uh yeah, it was, it was fairly recent. Yeah, fairly recent. So not even a year ago, you know, he comes out of this, of this, you know, with an Eminem album, you know, Revival. blockbuster. You know, you got Beyonce, you've got all these big ass singles, crazy samples. And it comes out, and it goes triple wood. <laughs> but that's the thing, actually. I was looking at some of the numbers, like you know, he has a, a song with like uh, Sam Smith or something that that pulls like three hundred million screens. Uh, oh, screams. Wow. Nice. So it's not even yeah. going wood. Oh, it's shit. not even going wood. Yeah, no, it's, it, I, I'm surprised. Like, the way he, as angry as he is, I thought he was triple wood. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, it was an awful album. But I think, I think the issue of that album was the fact of where, and a lot of stars like this, and you see a lot of the pop stars now, it's, it's hard to kind of stay current. Like, yeah. forgetting the rapping side, because Eminem hasn't really done, even though he's, a, he's one of the best rappers out there, probably one of the best rappers of all time, even though he's a hip-hop artist, he was he's been doing pop crossover for like decades now. So let's yeah. not even get it twisted. So I think his problem was the fact of where similar to other pop stars, it's hard to kind of keep up with, what, with what's happening now. It's awkward for him because he's a rapper, so he should be more tied in the fact of where it's trap beats, it's Migos. But for some reason, that album, because I remember kind of flipping through it, what really struck it struck me with that album was that it was an album that started about 10 years old. I would say even 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, it's something like. where like for what the pop and not even about like raps crossover this bigger picture EDM songs yeah very Swedish pop stuff everything that was happening in pop music for the past five and ten years now it totally ignored yeah it's it was like so so that's why the album sucked it wasn't it it was something where it was just like it wasn't a rapidly rap album it wasn't like it was it just felt like a really misguided way of them trying to say, oh, you're supposed to have a blockbuster rap pop album. This is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. But it just did, wouldn't, could not work 
at least in this fucking decade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's Ed Sheeran. Yeah, by the way, sorry, sorry. Ed Sheeran. Ed. Ed Sheeran's probably the only smart movie made. Actually, I remember that song too. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the Ed Sheeran song. But, a, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, to think about like that album because yeah, like I, I, you know, I think numbers wise, he probably hit some targets, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's getting millions of streams. He's still Eminem, so like he was still able to make money off the album. But yeah, like like I I think he was at this he's at this weird kind of uh, crossroads where he now like was clown you know he was clowned by critics in the hip hop community and the media for that the album, <laughs> and you know I, I guess he's been like seething seething and festering <laughs> for the past like you know eight months or nine months or ten months since the album you know to to to, to kind of to drop this album, um and I, and I think it's it's. Like I like the fact that that is what motivated him to come back with Kamikaze because I do think this is I, I I thought I was gonna hate this album but I found it to be fairly enjoyable. Um, I found his I saw like I heard his passion. Yes, which I think you know to be quite honest is not. I mean, there's so many. I'm sorry, mumble rappers who who kind of even if they have passion, even if they're hustling, they don't rap with passion. Yeah. So it's it's really cool to to hear somebody rap with passion. I think this is probably more, one of the most passionate hip hop albums I've heard this year. You know, um, compared to like say Kanye and you know even the Jay Z Beyonce. I think the the only other maybe like album that's as passionate is, is Daytona by Pusha T. You Daytona. know, I'd make the argument for Nicki Minaj too. Yeah, even, Nicki Minaj, even though yeah. it's, it's uneven yeah. when she's yeah. trying to when, when it's a yeah. rap song, it's a rapid yeah, rap yeah, yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nicki Minaj, you know, we'll, we'll put Nicki in there too. It's like they they all have something to prove. They all have their backs against the wall. Um, they and, which and it's really cool to see the fact that it's not really about money for him. It's about you know being recognized about the the respect and the notoriety um, and. and you know, cementing like his place in the game, um, and I, I felt it. I felt it. Like I, I, you know, even though I do think that, like you know, the Eminem playbook is fifteen years old. Um, <laughs> the shock, like, like I, I can see like him writing rhymes. He's like, I'm gonna write about domestic violence. This is gonna shock people. <laughs> He still has he go deep in the Eminem layer. There's this this tomb of like composition notebooks, black marble notebooks. He just goes through it, blows the dust off. And it's like, all right, these are the topics. You know, so there's a lot of like, you know, not even like shocking, just not even cringy. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna get the baseball bat and like, you know, beat your ass. And I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm have fun like we see that in world star all the time like it's just so it just felt tone deaf to me like him his attempts to kind of uh to be controversial yes um, <laughs> and you know he, uh, like speaking of uh, our conversation last week he dropped the f-bomb and 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 you know response to tyler the creator which is weird because not to be funny tyler the creator that i've talked to him in particular but so's earl and Alfred in general they've been unabashed Eminem fans. Yeah. All throughout the career, continuously. So even that the thing that got him mad where he was like, I didn't like the Beyonce song, it wasn't like, oh, Eminem sucks. It was a critique you would hear anywhere else. Oh, like of it was it was it was benign as fuck. Particularly from Tyler, who's known for saying outlandish shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean you know, and I feel like, you know, it's it's 
the one of the comparisons I'll make, and then you know we'll talk about the other comparison. It's like Eminem as you know Eminem and Nicki Minaj. You know they're basically in the same boat. You know they're basically they've sold millions of albums. Uh, you know pre-stream. You know they're from this pre-streaming era. Um, they're seeing all of these kids come up, and they're seeing all of these like, rappers come up and kind of equal <laughs> their streaming power, <laughs> uh, and they're they're offended. You know, um, basically, Eminem has a whole song talking about how he's the best white rapper <laughs> yeah. because he has nightmares of, you know, like little kids saying that Post Malone is their favorite <laughs> white rapper, you know, and Post Malone is, is pulling, you know, at, you know, more streams in 2018 Eminem, you yeah. know, so it, it, and, and Nikki's the same, same way. I mean, Nikki sees the trends. Um, he's in. She sees where music is going, and like she and Eminem feel like this is a way to kind of like press the reset button. Um, unfortunately, like the culture just doesn't is not doing that. Yeah, like, the culture is moving forward. Like you can't like just put out an album and say, "Hey, remember me? Like remember how cool I was? Remember how gray I was? Like especially hip hop. Like it's so it's progressed so much, and you know you could say it's regressed, but like it's changed so much." That it's 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 too little too late. You know, you either have to pull a Jay Z and do like a four 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 or something that's introspective that kind of maybe caters to your fans, or you have to get with the times. Yeah. And uh it's it's interesting that both of these two rappers did not do that. Yeah. And and then what's interesting about Eminem is the fact of going back to the the, the, the pulling of four four uh four 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 is the fact that Eminem in a weird way, Eminem the current emo rap wave era, like that's Eminem's wheelhouse. His whole thing when he first came out yeah. is he was very emotional. Obviously, a lot of it was very much like, you know, horror raps and he pushed it as degree. But he was rapping about relationships, yeah. his daughter, things like that, like Stan, the infamous Stan song. So it's like, this is kind of, in a weird way, you could almost make the argument that a lot of these were seeds he planted years ago. Yeah, and so it's weird for somebody who not to be able to capitalize that strictly based on the fact that he kind of just insists on staying as Eminem, and what's weird is the fact of where for somebody who's a rap fan, because even Jay Z, Jay Z may have like had his little beef with auto tunes, but you've seen him in like shout out Armory, shout out Playboy Cardi. There's a time when you you see him pop in weird places, yeah. where he likes the culture. Like like period like once a year and you have to kind of pay attention to it. But he'll say something about he'll drop a he'll say something about like let's say fucking like some street like you know like oh that that Chicago shit drill shit goes hard. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He keeps his ear to what's happening. So Eminem is in a weird place where for years it felt like he wasn't doing that. Like he was just strictly listening to you know old raucous tapes <laughs> <laughs> and that's it on like a ten CD yeah. disc changer and yeah. that's about it. And then so that's what's kind of cool about this record. Again, I'm like I think with you, where it's like it's it's not a great record, but it's a it's, it's a solid one, one that we expect like we wouldn't expect from Eminem 2018. What I think in, in this case is because he's so angry, he's actually been forced to listen to what's been happening outside. So you'll hear things where he raps a little bit like Drake. Yeah, you'll hear a little bit more melodic, like a little you know not, not mumble rap per se, but he some of his flows is actually melody there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, most of the bulk of it is still classic angry Eminem, you put you in the face, kick, yeah. you, kick you in the teeth type shit. But it feels like here he's at least experimenting. He's got Michael made it on it, you know. And I think it's the idea of where, cool, 
You could hate on mumble rap. You could hate on these new school SoundCloud rappers. You could think it's jibbery jabbery, but there's still a line of really good rapping. Like there's a reason why Jay Z is still a really good rapper, or a Kendrick, or a Cole, or you know, or um, or or even um, Kendrick Cole. Who's the other pantheon? Kendrick, Kendrick Cole is one more. Oh, of course. The the the, the how we how we could forget little Drakey. You know, <laughs> where there's the idea of where you can still rap at a high level. The problem with Eminem is that it's so technical and so old school that, like, those dudes would destroy him. Like, Eminem versus Kendrick, destroy. Eminem versus Drake, destroy. And it's kind of weird where I think he thinks because technically it's really good, there's not really any substance there. Now... The fact that he's angry because he's so underrated and people aren't giving him respect, it gives him a little bit of fuel, but it's like he's kind of a rapper that's not really saying anything. And what sucks is he was a rapper who was saying a lot of shit at a time when rappers weren't. Like Eminem blew up basically, like he was more Jiggy era. You know what I'm saying? That's where yeah. he blew up. But he blew up in a, in a time where there was a distinct divide between real hip hop and, and fake hip hop. And even though he was crossing over like crazy, those songs had a lot of, there was a lot of emotional songs there. So it's weird. It's almost like he's regressed in a weird fucked up way where he's back to like, I'm the better rapper than you. Yeah, your beats suck. I'm awesome. You know, and it's like, so it's weird to kind of see him like not learning to play with this current era rap, particularly with the fact of, like I said, somebody who was more in tune with his feelings, somebody who was kind of exploring weird themes in hip hop. This is his time. Like it's something where I think if he was really about it, about it, we could hear some really good... I would love to hear a mid-40s Eminem rap about, like, the things he's facing and the world yeah. and everything else. Or yeah. even how, like, so... Even small things where... And what was weird about the album is it was, it was weirdly angry. Like, he was he was saying he got flack for the Trump comments and he was angry about Trump, said Trump wouldn't come at him because he killed him with bars. And I'm like, I don't think anybody gave a fuck about that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, that freestyle, that freestyle was actually dope. I actually like that freestyle when yeah. people were clowning. But it's the idea of where you, it seems like you're, you're angry at these targets that aren't naturally giving a fuck about you. Yeah, you know, there, there's a Billboard article that kind of like really summarizes pretty well it's like pretty much he's he's angry but he blames everybody but himself yes <laughs> which i will agree to i mean i i, I think like, yeah he, he's really kind of going at the media he's really kind of going at like joe budden and, and and tyler and all these kind of people who i guess who, who he considers to be peers who are now his enemies um but yeah there's no real introspection in this album and he's the king of introspection yeah, yeah there, there's probably n- him and kanye are probably neck and neck yeah there's nothing that says hey like maybe i did fuck up with with, <laughs> with this last album <laughs> maybe i was trying to chase like you know pop dollars with ed sheeran and things like that like now i'm like but you know it's like there's nothing like that or 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 maybe there was, but I didn't hear it. But there's nothing like that. There wasn't a general theme of like, like, uh, hey, like maybe I contribute to some of, <laughs> yeah, some, the, some of the flack I the got, the flack I got, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think you know that's kind of telling. You know that, that that's really, I, I, I think he's one of those people that that kind of needs to kind of sit down maybe and think about that shit yeah. <laughs> because you know the more you kind of, I, I think you know we've we've talked about this new era now. It's like the more you kind of like poke the bear and kind of retaliate and look like you don't have the power like the more people are going to you know instigate you yeah you know the more people are just going to poke you back like 
Like, <laughs> if you look like you're some somebody who's weak, you know, like you're going to, you know, like people are going to take advantage of that. Yeah, you know. And, and the thing is, go back to the album, and maybe, maybe that's, that's maybe that's why he's so hurt. It's not like everybody was dissing it hard. It just we were just like it kind of sucks. Like nobody was there was nobody here ranting and raving and talking about Haley and all sort of shit. It was like, man, eh, just 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 it's the same thing as Eminem except worse. So, and like I said, it's, it's something where it's interesting to see the critique because the critique should have made him come back harder. And he has. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's something where I still see the potential there. Like he has, I think it's Kamikaze was like almost a grind beat. Yeah. 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 And like, and like, and like, and there's that one song with uh, Jesse Reyes where there's a beat switch where he's kind of like, it's like, he's an asshole boyfriend. Yeah. And he's a little bit less yeah. of an asshole in the second half, but it's yeah. still some kind of growth there. And it's like, it's, it's weird where you see how the song, you see how, I see a path for Eminem in 2018 is just weird seeing him like fight against that and kind of say, you know, like I've, <laughs> I've sold all these records. I've sold all these millions of records. So you fan base, you're wrong. I'm the right one here. Where it's like, <laughs> no, it's just like, I think it'd be nice to kind of hear an Eminem, a mature, a four, no, four, four, four from Eminem, like a mature four, four, yeah. four. Yeah. Like somebody who's been to drugs, somebody who's from Trump country, you know, like it'd be, and then, I think it's also been an issue with Eminem where I think because of where he is, I don't know if it's because of the label, I feel like he's a little bit too locked away from everything else also. True. And, and I True. feel like he's somebody where he needs to kind of hop on, like, let's say, like, posse cuts. I think he needs to be kind of hanging out with, like, fucking Future and people like that. Not necessarily, like, you know, going against his goals, but I think he needs somebody where Eminem is in this weird Eminem world and it's always been in this, you know... It's he needs to kind of branch out. It'd be cool where you know, like Prime, like if he could go hop on and get a, a album full of DJ Premier beats, like, yeah, yeah, and work those muscles. And I think yeah. the issue there is the fact of Eminem hasn't been forced to like be good because those Eminem muscles he's been working all these these that, that have atrophied. They've gotten him millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Why would he not? Yeah, you that's a, that's actually a good thing. You did. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it does feel like he's been locked away in, and I wouldn't say his time capsule, but yeah, yeah, he, like he's not out in the streets. He's not like you know, kind of. You never see him kind of in public. You never see him like with other rappers. Yeah, you know, outside of like maybe you know a couple of people from D12. Like, like he's not like I think he's he's still in his own world, in his own bubble. And yeah, this album is like, and the last album too was like just highly like reflective of that. Yeah, even the fact that he was using the f word, whereas it's like, come on, dog, like that's something where, and how we discussed like like in the past episode, like like homophobic and hip hop. Now you know, twenty years ago, it was a word that was very common in hip hop. Now you hear the like you hear it in the yeah. air, like it's, it, it it rings false because you know we've, we've a we've gotten more woke and b realized how that word how that much that word hurts and c it's something where it's just not cool. It's just as a culture we've kind of trying to move past it. Yeah. So for somebody who's already had issues, remember the Elton John shit from back in the days? Yeah. It's, it's, and it, and it's still be on. So I'm like I could say it now because I'm cool with Elton John. It's like nah, dude. It's like you should. And that's what I think is unfortunate where you have an artist here where it's a stagnant. And it's, it's, there's no reason why, because obviously he's a, he's a fan of Songcraft. You know, half the time he's here ranting against mumble rappers and yada, yada, yada. So he knows what's happening. Yeah. But it's weird for him not to, like, you know, like, there's no reason why, like, he's not, you know, hopping in on J. Cole and doing some shit with him. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah, or, like, whatever, no, whatever. Or even the fact that for all his crossover stuff, why is he not crossing over with Drake? Like, why is he calling up Ed Sheeran? You know what I'm saying? Why is he calling up Beyonce? <laughs> like, there's all these opportunities for him to kind of just kind of slowly, you know, adjust to the way the world is and still be a really 
popular to pop to pop star. Like yeah. as though he could have the, he could have this king. He could be a great MC and be a pop star. He could be Kendrick. Yeah. But the idea is that he's just kind of weirdly, you know, just old. He's still probably wearing fucking lugs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like he's still running around here. Shout out to lugs. You know, this is wearing like old school and you say, you know what I'm saying? On something like, I'm, I'm here. This, <laughs> this is cool. Not, not all this, this all streetwear stuff. So it's kind of, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's cool hearing him have fire. There's definitely some solid songs on here. I think he's got a ways to go. Yeah. Personally, I'm hoping that because he kind of dropped this off whatever it is, like he like because I know it's based off the because initially when it leaked, it was just supposed to be the song on the Venom soundtrack. Yeah, and then bam, we got a whole brand new album full of tracks. I'm hoping that since not to say that uh you know and 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 not not to this because you know in the in the old album he had like you know Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. If you got Jesse Reyes, <laughs> that's a little cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping that maybe this will lead to a cycle of him kind of putting out more stuff and kind of getting Stay back into girl, it. Jesse. Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> you know, Joyner Lucas ain't out here, you know, demanding <laughs> two mil of fucking bar. You know what I'm saying? So and Eminem got Jesse Reyes rapping. Yeah, you know. My girl's out here rapping. <laughs> and, pro- and she's dope too, so props to her. But uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm hoping that it's something where, like, like I said, maybe just mixtapes. Bring it back to the basics. Go back to the lab. Just start dropping little fucking 10-song mixtapes over fucking beast because lord knows he's got such a legacy anybody would kill to work with him even now yeah so i I think he's in a position where if he really cares about hip-hop the way he kind of speaks and the way he kind of shows that he's trying to care i think the best thing to do is kind of embrace hip-hop in all the forms and like actually catch up to what's happened 2018 no like you know because it's it's it's, there's nothing sadder than an old rapper yeah and i don't mean old meaning physically old i mean mentally old yeah like hearing like one-liners about like you know michael dukakis you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or it's like, what are we doing? Like, these references, dog. These references are bad, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. VHS era, 80s references that aren't even cool. It is yeah. you, just, you just don't know what's happening now. Like, you're still driving around in, like, you know, you know, Audi 5000 playing songs out of your tape deck, the same three or four records. You have to kind of, being an artist is kind of going out there and absorbing what's happening in the world and giving it back to us for mirror. And I think Eminem, somebody's got to get out of that. Yep. Uh, I feel you. Uh yeah so uh yeah well that's Eminem yeah and, uh, and what's funny is to bring it back because I remember distinctly that when he had a, did he play Coachella what did he play he played a big festival last year also was it Coachella he played a big festival because I remember doing the one of the reviews I read was yeah his album sucks oh yeah but, but playing yeah. a festival live and hearing the old hits he's still a great performer yeah and yeah. so that's where I'd like to kind of see him kind of go yeah you know? yeah Cause I, and I think he's somebody where because he could play a festival very easily and do really well and yeah. so I think it's something where I think it, there's a place for him in hip hop he just kind of has to figure out how to kind of etch it out yeah definitely yeah. definitely speaking of festivals yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, one of my, uh, I wouldn't, I wish he was my friend, but, uh, <laughs> this dude, uh, Victor Luckerson, um, he writes for The Ringer, okay. uh, which is like the ex ESPN, ex HBO, like long form journalism site. Um, basically, he writes about music and tech, and I'm jealous because I tried to do the same thing and I failed. So, props to you, homie. <laughs> and he's a brother. So, um, but he's walking. He's writing about um, you know music festivals uh, in 2018, um, and kind of talking about uh, it was basically kind of centered around um, this festival called uh, Pickathon, okay, uh, which is based out of I think it's in Portland. Um, it's kind of like a folk 
indie festival. Um, Thundercats played there. Um, but basically, it's just it's it's a festival, but um, all the performers have these elaborate backdrops in the middle of the forest, <laughs> um, and you know everything is filmed. So all the performances are filmed, and like the gist of the festival is you're paying more then you go like Coachella. I think it's like $400, $600 is like the ticket price. But the idea is a lot of, all the content is going to be filmed and they're going to distribute it on the internet like all these performances throughout the course of the year. So you get to have these intimate performances and it's like these nice sets with like Thundercat, but you also they also get to sell like the the video and make a, and have a, a extra revenue stream. Uh, on top of like the ticket sales, okay, which is kind of interesting, and, and I guess they're like he was kind of saying, Victor was saying like this is this may be the future of um, you know festivals because uh, festivals are not. Uh, I mean, I guess they're oh. they're not popping right now. Oh, you know, there's a lot. There's there's um there's the was it the FYF festival? FYF RIP. Yeah. Like they're and, done, and then, and that's crazy because last year they had a very successful year of Missy Elliott. You yeah. know, speaking of Tyler Armour, he was in the first row. So it's like you went from that, which is very popular. And I wanted to go last year, I couldn't make it, to them canceling it like like it's, they announced it one month and the next month gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warp Tour ended. Uh, Sasquatch ended. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Meadows Festival, which uh, I went to last year, uh, they with um, the gorillas and Red Hot Chili Peppers and and um, like they are putting on like a year delay, but they're kind of shaky about coming back. So there's a lot of uh, corpses in 2018 uh, when it comes to music festivals. Um, and I think it's just because we're, we're getting to a point of mass oversaturation, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's, and, and I'll say this also lack of imagination because it feels like in New York, you've got governors, you've got Panorama and, um, I feel like there's and there's one more they wanted to have. What's the one? There's a one more festival they wanted to pull off recently. It's the same makers of Panorama. But long story short, in New York you've got three festivals, and arguably they all share the same bills. Like it's yeah. always your kind of same. You might have a big rapper, so you might be Kendrick. It might be you know if you're lucky, it might be Drake, but it might be Migos. It might be something like that. It might be Kanye West. Yeah, you've got a couple of big you know those big rock acts that do really well on festivals. Your Chili Peppers. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's weird because it's literally the same kind of like acts like like Cage the Elephant. He <laughs> plays every festival out there. Don't know yeah. who the fuck they are, but somehow it's just kind of them kind of continuously showing up and up and up. And even on the East Coast, where it's hard to kind of have these festivals. You've got so many things. You've got Made in America. Yep. You've got Art of Cool. You've got, um, what's the one in D.C.? Um, Spring. Uh, Brooklyn City. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, yeah. And Trelectro. And, um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's some in, like, the Philly area. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And something has to give. Yeah. You know? and, and I think it's, a lot of it, I think it has to do with this. They have to have better imagination. Yeah. I think it's the idea of where you really can't have, you know, in the same like general market. Because figure for a festival, you'll travel two or three hours. Yeah. So it's really dumb to have the Chainsmokers <laughs> yeah. play four times. <laughs> yeah. In the same festival kind of circuit, it's it's really and then it's it's this weird where as opposed to looking at Coachella and doing something different, 
which I thought Bonnaroo did, where it's like, oh, we're just going to be more wilder, untamed, but more, even more hippie. Bonnaroo's, like, their ticket sales are down dramatically. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the idea of where we've hit that saturation because it feels that all these concerts are basically like, all right, Coachella had this lineup this year. Yeah. We'll see how much of these guys could afford. And we'll just move it to these other cities and hopefully we'll make some money back. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's why where I think like a microfocus festival where even though Afropunk is getting some slack for being a corporate sellout, and, it, and that's definitely a whole other conversation, as a pure festival, the reason why I think it does really well is because it's hyper-focused. Yeah. It's a very unique experience. There's a festival I'm going to next weekend, which is a Basilica Soundscape. So it's upstate New York. It's basically a whole bunch of up-and-coming experimental indie, indie acts Love it. Great every year. Why? Very focused. These these aren't acts that, these are acts that you really can't see. I mean, you can see, but you, are, you could either see them, you know, $25 on a random weeknight in your city, you know, in a room of 200, or yeah. see a bunch of them at the same time, a nice little, like, almost, you know, rustic kind of, like, place. Yeah. And I think the idea of where people are going to fork over 300 bucks to go basically stand in a parking lot at best. That's what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's where it basically boils down to. And I think that, you know, like like the Roots Picnic has done pretty well because at least it's a certain hook. At least it's the Roots performing yeah. these things. Yeah. You really can't just say, all right, cool, we've got a festival. Let's get J. Cole. Let's get fucking Tiesto. Let's get fucking Diplo. Let's get, you know, SZA. And then we'll throw it on a fucking stage and then that's it. Make equals money. It's not going to work. I think the fact of where live music is the biggest it's ever been. Yeah. The most revenue is going in there. It's, it's huge. It's huge. So the idea of these festivals failing, I think it's less about the festival concept is the fact of where they're kind of very fucking generic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went to Meadows Festival last year and the perf- I, I do want to say. Meadows, Panorama, and Governor. Yeah. Three, yeah. three festivals yeah. basically within two months period, all yeah. the same kind of lineup. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the lineup for Meadows was incredible. I mean, you had Weezer, you had, you know, um, Chili Peppers, Gorillas, um, Ghostface, Bad, Bad, Not Good, Big Boy. Like, like the lineup was incredible. But then you look around and you're like, you're in a parking lot in City Field. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing about this festival that's unique. There's <laughs> nothing about this festival that like makes me want to go back. There's nothing that this festival that's like, that that's an experience. Yeah. It's literally just like a parking lot and a stage. <laughs> and, and, and that goes, and, and that nails it perfectly because the idea of where, like the reason why Coachella is awesome is don't get me wrong, they by a large margin they've got some of the best acts, but it's not really that because let's be honest, the festival seeing an act in a festival is not like seeing real music. Exactly, the sound sucks. Yeah, it's loud. It's loud and tinny, so you can't really hear exactly what's happening. Yeah, everybody around you is having this crazy loud conversation. Is if you're a real music fan, fan. It's not really a great place to experience live music. However, what makes it great is the communal aspect and the environment. If you're in Coachella and you're out there high on fucking 18,000 fucking pounds of edibles and you're running <laughs> around in a fucking in a cute costume of everybody being cute and sexy and hopping around to all these fans and all your friends are around, it's fucking awesome. You know, if you're going to like Afropunk and you're just trying to, you know, dress your <laughs> your black FIT best, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you've got the Anki imported from China. You've got all these multicolored fucking leather Anki. stitches you've gotten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's a show out. It's, a, it's, it's experience. But when you've got like, you're just in a parking lot standing still. Yeah. Like, what's the experience? You yeah. Know, you've got to have something that differentiates yourself from it. And not even differentiates for the crowd. Because it's not even about, it's not even about, because everything kind of boils down to being cool, but... 
I'm pretty sure like going back to Coachella, you know, and I've been Coachella's fun. But honestly, I remember less about the bands I saw than the vibe. The vibe was a fun vibe. It was the yeah. environment. So ideally, the whole idea is that you want to serve your audience a certain way. When I would hear about Bonnaroo, I would hear about how crazy it is and yada, 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 and jam bands. It sucks that they've lost some ticket sales. I want it because they've also tried to become more mainstream. Yeah. So it could be that also. But there's a certain vibe that they captured where even me, I was like, fuck, Tennessee, black man, mm, possible, possibly not. <laughs> and then that's the thing where you've got this opportunity to do things. That's why, like, not even the juggalos. Yeah. Like, how they're able to have their festival every year does, does, does gangbusters because... There's an experience there, and I think that's the problem where it's it's a very crass Ticketmaster Live Nation type thing where it's like, all right, we'll get X amount of artists on contract, we'll find a venue, and throw their asses in there, and it'll go profit. And that's not the same thing. And, and, and I mean, and, and that's why, because I, I think Meadows was owned by like AEG or Ticketmaster, and like all, all the major, major festivals are owned by AEG or Ticketmaster or Live Nation, basically. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's basically a corporate like you. I feel like I'm in a corporate presentation, PowerPoint presentation. Agreed. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think I you know, it's interesting to see some of these smaller festivals uh, thrive. You know, even like Afropunk, and you know, uh, even though though Tractro had to take a year off, uh, you know, like that's a grassroots festival. They're like th- those dudes are like doing it pretty much without corporate sponsorship. Um, and corporate backing, you know, um, and there, there's a, there is that community aspect, you know, like they're like, you're all kind of in the same boat. Like you're all kind of either intellectuals, like weird black people who like hip hop and EDM, yeah. <laughs> Afropunk, weird black people who like whatever <laughs> Instagram, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, like, uh, aspiring Instagram models for Afropunk <laughs> and fashionistas, you know, and, and like some of these smaller artist festivals are, they're kind of popping up. Like Moses, somebody that you, you mentioned like a long time ago, he, he curated a festival. Yeah. And, um, um Bon Iver has his weird festival. Um, um, yo declare, I forget it's in Wisconsin, yeah, in Wisconsin yeah. you know, which are kind of like, they, they've kind of bringing like all these like-minded people together who are fans and, and kind of, you know, so I, I think that's kind of the future where the festival is smaller, it's it's more curated. Um, it might not bring, you know, you're not probably not going to see Janet Jackson or, you know, you're probably not going to see Eminem or Beyonce, but you're going to see your favorite artists and like artists that your favorite artists think are cool. Yeah. You know, which is, which is great. I think it's, it's, it's like, I, I see that being the future. And I see, like, I'm happy to see that it's kind of, we're kind of stepping back from this whole corporate festival culture. You know, and, you I, know? and I think it's great. I think it's something where, because the thing is, it's all about, because, you know, life, life, even though we all love our MP3s and all you hipsters out there, you know, your 180 grams <laughs> records, it's, it's music is all about the live medium. And it, it's something where I, I think that it's a communal thing. It's why I still like going to like really small tight spaces where it is punk, there's hip hop, there's jazz, just because you kind of get that vibe. And I, I think it's a matter of kind of finding your, your angle. Like, uh, like we discussed before, like I'm going to the Pitchfork, the Ockfest, yeah. where it's beer focused, whereas it's like, it's really, it's it's a beer festival, but it's also a music festival. Where you get to see from Staples and get to see, you know, Flame Lips and everything else. Whereas it's like, they're able to kind of find a way where it's still a vibe. But I think that's, and I think it's just everything. It's, 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 it's weird that for an era where branding is key, where everything has to have a story that for some reason they think that for music festivals, you can yeah. just throw names in there randomly and it's, and it's good enough. Well, I mean, for the longest time you could. 
True. For the longest time, you could. And I, I think like now that you know people are just more discerning. Yeah. I mean, it's like 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 these things aren't cheap. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> oh God, dude. He's like, yeah, Coachella, Coachella, Coachella. If you buy Coachella tickets when you're supposed to buy them, are pushing five hundred bucks now. Yeah. I mean, and then, yeah. and then if and God forbid you miss that small ass window when they sell out, bah, you're, you're spending you know foreign trip. Trip to Asia trip money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? and that's the thing too. It's like like now we have the, like you know I'm flying to Paris for like two seventy round trip or something. Like like, <laughs> like now we can make this comparison. Coachella yeah. tickets or flight to Europe. Yeah. You know, like like there's so many options now that like you're not like you know your festival is not the highest thing in the block anymore. Yeah, agreed. You know? And and particularly at that kind of money. And 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 going back to the whole idea is that is you want something where it feels unique. It doesn't really feel unique if you've seen Chili Peppers four times this year. <laughs> it's not really yeah. unique if, yeah. like, you know, it's Calvin Harris is there for the 12th. It's just like at a certain point, it's just like, what are we doing? Where's, where's the return where it's cool to go to? Like, we've all gone out, listened to music, and drank. That's like, you know, that's base level one. What else are you offering me? What else are you doing? And the yeah. thing is, I think, I think there's a huge space there. I'm hoping that with all these festivals failing, that a lot of the corporates take a step back. Yeah. But what I'm hoping as a result is people step forward. Yeah. Like I was reading, not to be funny, this obscure, obscure subgenre of 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 basically punk and metal called metal called metalcore, mm-hmm. where it's basically just almost atonal like heavy metal music, but played mathematically crazy. It was basically math yeah. rock and metal. Yeah. So they had like a little weird two day festival. In a in like in a bar and like like Greenpoint somewhere and I and I missed it but I was like oh shit it's kind of cool that you could have a micro focus genre and to say we're just doing this for the next two days this yeah is it. this is yeah we're just playing this shit and if you guys want to come you guys can come and it's and then for everybody there they're probably all fans and they all all kind of enjoying it and I and I think that's the future I think it's gonna be interesting because uh like recently everyone's been getting a lot of flack yeah because they're like a it's corporate. Apparently, people showed up and backstage, and they had VIP tickets, and they were and they wore like you know, Afropunk is a corporate corporate sponsorship, yada yada yada, and he, they got thrown out by fucking mm. by, by some of the organizers, mm. which is which is kind of fucked up and funny because specifically it is an infamous Rolling Stone cover of, of um, Nirvana, mm. and he had a T-shirt he wrote. He insisted in the last minute says corporate magazines suck. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the idea of where at least they let that run. It's weird to kind of propose to be. This alternative and and see yourself above critique, yeah, yeah, and even the head editor of Afropunk quit today actually because he was oh, saying, yeah because he he was saying how he felt the invisible hand of corporate like certain stories they had to temper down and yeah. play nice yeah and, and so I think where there's a space where it doesn't have to be corporate now I'm not naive I'm not gonna be like oh it's gonna be easy to find a fucking you know a crazy ass football field. And get beer permits and everything else, and you know that's how you get the fire festival and go to jail. <laughs> Sausage <I> rule. <laughs> I got commissary in about you know a month or two, but I think there's got to be a space where I won't say it's going to be um, DIY, but something where I think now that we've gotten to the point where the internet is is kind of shifting, where whatever your likes are, there's ways to kind of get it popping. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot of small events happening. You're seeing a lot of small, like, 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 
like I've been following a lot of people who are into a lot of cons, a lot of nerdy shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've had some failures along the way. Don't get me wrong, but you've had a lot of successful cons along the way. Where it's like we're doing this, you know, this con is focused more on comics. This con is more focused on being a furry. This con is more focused on video games or whatever, and they're kind of getting the popping. And it, and it's kind of cool to kind of see these things happening. And so I think it's the idea of where we're gonna have to step back and just get better than thinking that. As long as I book like Queens of the Stone Age, <laughs> this is good enough for this fucking festival. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It's not in 2018. You just got to do better. And I, do I, better. I, yeah. Do and better, so, people. And you get my money. You know, my hard-earned skrill. I'll, I'll fly out there. You know, like even... And then the thing is, it's, it's, kind, of dis, it's kind of disheartening because even me, there's a festival I don't want to name, but it's a band I really like and having your own festival on the West Coast. And even now, I'm just like, fuck. You know, I've got these, I've got to buy these tickets now. <laughs> With all these festivals dying, will this festival still be popping four or five months from now? And will these tickets go to waste? <laughs> so yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. I think the blooding is good, and hopefully, like in the end, in the ashes, it'll be a lot more awesomely curated events. Yeah, and definitely, awesome. definitely, yeah. cool. So, uh, what you been listening to, Stone and the uh, Musica? Uh, all right, so I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Childish Gambino. Ooh. Who uh, dropped the video and uh, track? Well, I guess the track has been out for a bit, but feels like summer. Um, which again, like like this dude is probably one of the smartest cats in the game right now. Like the track itself is actually um, hi. What? It's hi the track. It's all right. right. Yeah. It's not like it's not like the greatest track. Although I do like the fact that it basically feels like summer is like actually a, like an entendre for global warming. Oh, I did not realize that. Yes. That goes, oh. Yes. So like basically the whole track is about overpopulation and global warming. Uh, <laughs> feels woke, like summer. Woke Bay's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean it's like a throwaway track. You know, it's it's kind of like you know it's it's, it's one of your I wouldn't say it's a throwaway, but like I actually like I, I mean it's one it's a top drown track for me. Yeah. Top drown like it'll pass my car test. Um, but. The video is actually pretty interesting. I'm not even going to say the video is that great. But I think Childish knows the fact that, like, just having the video and having all of these, like, you know, cameos as, like, a cartoon um, will get the people talking. And, you know, like, there's this, like, this, people are just kind of like, what does this mean? Is, like, this him, like, walking through the hip-hop, like, you know, playground and saying, I'm retiring... Uh, from hip hop because like there's rumors that this upcoming album is his last album. Um, you know, like there's a dude that's on the bench sitting next to a melted ice cream cone who everybody's saying is like Shannon Sharp or OJ or like the <laughs> the, the Florida governor the gubernatorial candidate <laughs> and the ice cream cone's XXX Tentacion, <laughs> you know, like like Kanye getting hugged by Michelle Obama. Yeah, the, the tears. The, like the like, hat and all. Yeah, I, I like I I only picked this track because I like the fact that again, like like this is I think what what great art does and great music does. Like it it encourages discussion, it encourages people texting me like two in the morning. You know, like like that to me like that's that's kind of like like what I I would strive you know like what I strive for in 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 music. And I think like Childish is. I don't think this moment is going to be as 
poignant as this is America, but at least he knows, like he knows how to create these moments. Yeah. You know, he like, I think he's up on, on almost like Drake level in the fact that he know he understands the internet. He understands that you can't give everybody everything. <laughs> you have to leave things to your imagination and the internet will do your job for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is like a similar pr- premise, but like people don't get that. So, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, I'm 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 excited for anything that Childish like drops, like Donald Glover drops, because I I think like again like I think he's a genius. So that's, I, that's probably my fanboy talking, but uh... <laughs> no, no, it's it's definitely something where it's gonna be interesting because this album raw is very interesting. So are we getting an album? We don't know. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be to see how this. We've so far we've got three tracks, technically four if you count that once SNL performance, where normally it would it'd be the full blast. The, the full load of Donald Glover all in our faces. <laughs> it's like, ah, ah. And then it, it has it. It's been, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot, a lot of hugging, you know, a, a, lot, a, lot, of, a lot of reach around, a lot, a lot of little friendly things. So it's, it's weird because it's, it, it's an interesting album rollout where everything is like, you know, big and flashy and the album came out yesterday and we're having everything booked. Where he's been kind of like this, uh, his, 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 his songs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it, it's kind of cool. Like he doesn't really need to put out an album. Yeah, no, and he apparently for the his current tour, he I guess I don't know if it's every person who bought a ticket, he emailed out two more new songs actually to them. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so it's just like now you've yeah. got like technically like I guess officially released if those two songs you've got five songs and one song that was on SNL and we still have no album in, in sight yet. I like so. like the like <laughs> I, I feel like you will like pull some like Prince shit and be like I'm the album. <laughs> <laughs> This is it. This is this the is album. It. Everything just rolls out slowly. You're looking at the album right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are the album. It's like Inception levels. <laughs> the album is inside of you. <laughs> uh, oh, what do you listen to, man? Oh, the, uh, another 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 artsy African American blood orange. <laughs> Your and, boy. And, and the thing is with Blood Orange, he's somebody where, like, I have to admit, I always liked Blood Orange. I've liked him for a long time because I remember his old punk band, Testicles. Mm. But, um, and the thing is, what always kind of where I loved what he was doing, but one thing I could never write 100% for was the 80s kind of fanboy worshiping all of his songs. Yeah. Where it's very much like he's got a very singular kind of synthy, almost like to his singing. It's, it's, it's very indebted to a very particular time of music. Yeah. And uh, so his latest record, which I like a lot, was it's 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 more mature. There's a lot more growth. So even though so with his BF, BFF Solange seated at the table, it's kind of similar where there's like this narrative kind of going through it where somebody's kind of talking about their lives. But uh, what's great about it is the fact of where it's a lot more on the R&B spectrum. But uh, not to say that it's, it's lost its experimental flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just a fun, chill album where you can put in the background. And not and, and I hate saying that sometimes because they, they say you put anything in the background. I can put Mozart in the background. I can put Muzak in the background. But it's a really cool, chill, like, oh, we're just out here enjoying ourselves type album. Yeah. Almost, I won't say summary per se, but like, you know, in that early fall, we're kind of out, chilling yeah. outside somewhere where it's not hot, hot, but you're kind of just hanging out, walking around, you know, leaves falling in the fall. It's a cute little fall album, let's just say. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's something where it's cool kind of seeing somebody where, you know, over all these years from Life Speed Champion to everything else where 
he's got a he's got a, he's got a viable career in music, and he's been kind of just putting out dope all tracks. So props to him. That's what's up. That's what's up. I, you know, it's so funny because like I keep forgetting he was in that punk band, which I love. Yes. Um, and I'm not. Truth be told, I'm not a fan of Blood Orange. Um, I admire him. I admire the fact yeah, like no, no, you're saying like like he's able to just, like do what he does. You know, keep it soulful too. Yeah. You know, you, you, like I, I would say he's kind of like this, in this fade your pitchfork crowd, but he never. He always ma- maintains his blackness, which I think is really cool yeah. to kind of see. You know, um, and he's able to kind of carve out the space for him. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. You know, cool. Yeah. Cool. And um, what else I'm listening to? The last thing is, um, remember we discussed Lodic? Yes. Yes. So. There's another artist called Eve's Tumor. Okay. We've heard about also, and, and I hate doing the whole compare and contrast because whoop, 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 but um, Eve's Tumor is also a person who works in, in, in experimental electronic music. Mm-hmm. He's actually signed to the God, the, the Def Jam of weird, trippy electronic shit warp records. <laughs> so, um, so basically, similar to kind of Lodic, who would do a lot of beat, beat based stuff and he's kind of singing more and more instrumentals and more, actually not even more instrumentals, more vocals. Yeah. Kind of the same thing here. Except the Flotic, Flotic is a lot more grounded as far as beats is concerned. Like, you could, like if you hear Lottie, you could tell he still listens to a good amount of hip hop. He still mm-hmm. listens to a good amount of techno. He still listens to a, a lot of beat music per se. Yeah. Um, with East Tumor, he's a little more steric. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have a song that sounds like almost like Mad Lib-esque with heavy samples and everything else. Yeah. Sometimes you have a track that sounds like almost could be Flying Lotus. Yeah. And sometimes it's just plain weird field, field recording and just noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's this record. But what's cool about it is the fact that it's still a well-produced, well-put-together record. Yeah. And he just dropped it today. Because I remember I, I, I saw, I think, a song was flying around for a little bit. And I was like, oh, shit, the whole record kind of came out at the same time. So props to him. And it, it is kind of cool just because, just in general, with EDM being so huge and electronic music being so huge, it's weird that a lot of the earlier purveyors, which are basically like, you know, minorities, they're kind of locked out. So whenever I see somebody, a person of color, you know, somebody who's queer doing that kind of music, I always love it just because that's kind of the essence. Like they, yeah. like they, they, there's a reason why, you know, Larry LeMann and like the garage scene back in the seventies and the garage, this is not the garage scene, but the actual club where with, with them is where, like that's a lot of where, like those are the forefathers. So yeah. it's cool kind of seeing like a younger generation kind of sitting there and making money off it. And it's not just like, you know, Diplo. <laughs> All of the Diplo, but still, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nah, so yeah, so it's another record. I just, I, I just listened to it today and it, it's, it's pretty solid. So it's, 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 like I said, it's very weird at times. Yeah. It's going to take a, a while to kind of digest, but it's, it's pretty fucking solid. Yeah. yeah. What's up? Uh, so uh, last album I'll, I'll, I'll talk about is uh, Charlotte Day Wilson. Ooh, so, that, sounds, uh, that sounds, sounds Southern. I know, right? <laughs> but she's from Toronto. Uh, same, same difference. Uh, is it? <laughs> Hey no. man, if if, if if Taylor Swift, <laughs> dude, you think you're you're born and bred in New York, man? Hey, you think saying, anything I'm outside saying, of New York is southern? It, basically. Everything outside of New York is southern. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, just saying, there's mad there's mad country cats <laughs> claiming from Canada, claiming. So you know, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> my boy, my boy went up up to Canada and saw a Confederate flag. So you never know. Oh, I see. You there it know. is. You know, like, racism everywhere. That's what we export. Racism everywhere. Uh, but anyway, so uh, so basically, like. It's it's actually kind of interesting. Like, I couldn't find the article, but like, I read this article about like the fight for the Toronto sound, 
to fight for the Toronto sound. And basically, you have like this moody R&B sound that's like you know Drake and The Weeknd and like you know like Division and all those those kind of like like just super foggy R&B sounds. Koki La Party of Models. Yes. And then you have like, you know, like your uh, Daniel Caesars and like, um, you know, um, you know, which is kind of like more traditional R&B People sound. who actually see sunlight and go and hold hands on dates. <laughs> <laughs> and like Jesse Reyes is a, is a part of that. Um, and I would say like Charlotte Day Wilson is kind of like in the middle like she has a lot of stuff that's like super moody um, and super kind of you know she's basically kind of I wouldn't even call her blue eyed soul she's like she basically tackles R&B from kind of more of an indie like singer songwriter vibe perspective alright um, and I think her so- her songs are solid like they're I wouldn't say they're like extraordinary but like I think her songwriting's good I think her um, the mood that she said is good. Like her production is pretty great. Um, and I I found her album back in 2016. She released an album called CDW, which is her initials, and it got a little play, uh, but didn't get like a lot of notoriety. Like she was able to tour, and I, I think she toured with like Bad Bad Not Good because uh, they're from Toronto, and, and and kind of she collaborated with them on a few things. She yeah, she's been on Daniel Caesar's album as well. So awesome. like. You know, um, she's been around, um, and I think like this album, uh, Stone Woman, that dropped earlier this year. But since I was on Apple Music for a long time, I'm now switching to Spotify. I Apple Music didn't tell me about it, oh. <laughs> so at the final, I found out about it on Spotify. I was like, oh shit, she has a new album. Uh, I think it dropped like maybe springtime, mm-hmm. um, and it's a little bit more of the same. Uh, but I, I, you could kind of, I could kind of tell like she's trying to find her range and she's trying to find like what works for her. Um, you know, she has, I think she's trying to figure out if she really wants to be kind of like, um, like more of the moody, like weekend sound or more like traditional R&B, uh, or maybe a little bit more pop. So there's a lot of that in this album, in the um, gumbo, in the gumbo. <laughs> um, there's nothing that's like, I think it's kind of weird for her because, there's nothing that's like a true pop hit, um, and I I kind of feel sad because I think like she needs that break like that breakout song that that really people can you know sing along with because I, I love her voice I love like you know like like kind of like what she's like, what she's putting down but she's definitely not um, there in terms of of um, like pop sensibilities or, or, or something that like I can like send to somebody and they start like saying like, Oh, that's dope. Like that's the shit. Like I'm singing along to it. Like she didn't have any, of she that. has no, no immediate bops. You say, yeah, no bops, no bops. But, uh, but I, I enjoy, I enjoy her as an artist. I think she's like really cool. Um, you know, and, and she's, uh, like I said, like that, that is, is kind of interesting to see like this kind of, um, uh, Toronto sound kind of mature. Um, cause it, it's definitely kind of, uh, definitely not like that, 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 that moody, foggy sound. Um, it's definitely kind of embracing more pop sensibility. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool project that I stumbled upon this week. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. And that's about it for this, for this episode as we sign off to go listen to new music, seek new worlds, new civilizations. To boldly go where no music nerd has gone before. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I'll probably end up listening to that fucking Eminem album. 
because I'm lazy. <laughs> and it's on my fucking <laughs> on my iPhone. That's what I used to work out at the gym. Come come to Spotify, man. Nah, nah. Come to the dark side. Apple Music Gang, baby, forever. Come to the dark side. Uh, wait till wait till <laughs> you got you, you out there messing with that Spotify. Wait till Steve Jobs comes back from the dead in that robot <laughs> army and gets us all. <laughs> Uh, what's Spotify's valuation, huh? You, you, ain't, you ain't got the Apple trillions, know what I mean? Know what I mean? You ain't out here. Money gang. You know what I'm saying? Rick Ross. Mayback <laughs> And on that note. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Take subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>